All right. Welcome to the Black Flag Podcast. Um, I'm your host today, uh, Brett Lindenfelser, and here we got Sam. Hey, and <laughs> Daniel. and <laughs> Right, and, uh, and we have a very uh, special guest today. His name is Tom Luongo. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we can go from here. All right. Well, you know, I am, uh, my name's Tom Luongo. I run Gold Goats and Guns, which is both a blog, a podcast, and a Patreon service. Um, you can find the blog over tomluongo.me. You can find me on Twitter, uh, pissing off pretty much the entire world at <laughs> 1728. Uh, and then the, and the Patreon service is for the golden, uh, the, the, the investment newsletter slash uh, bi-weekly market reports, private content, private blog, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, and I also work for Newsmax, uh, by the way, on the side, I also moonlight for, as a, as a conservative for Newsmax. So that's also fun. Um, there you go. All right. Well, originally when I, uh, when we had booked you, I had kind of planned out, maybe we'll just, we would start out with maybe a quick overview of your thesis of how the fed is at odds with Davos and the, uh, um, great reset agenda, but, we got some bombshell news on Friday during trading hours, <laughs> and that kind of persisted right. all weekend long. And now it's like today, like this morning, it's just been on fire. So uh, I think we just start from there, and we could probably work ourselves to that, you know, that point afterwards. So like, what is going on right now with that? Well, we're, we're, it's all it's, it's all part of it, right? So yeah, it's it's all part of it because I mean, the way I'm going to interpret what's going on with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and the way the, the, the markets are reacting to all of this this morning is all fully in line with what I think about what's going on. And I will, I'm going to preface that by saying also that, look, all of this stuff is in flux. I was just chatting with you know, one of my patrons and I said, look, I'm going to remain skeptical of everything that I even think at this point, because right. we are all working with within inherently incomplete information. We can see the signposts, we can interpret them and read the tea leaves and assess the people and all the rest of that, all you want. But the truth of the matter is, is that it that's also going to be subject to re constant revision because, look, everybody's under pressure, right? And how they respond to that pressure can look contradict can look self-contradictory. And so then we can all can get, you know, like dig in our feet and take up, put on our idealistic, you know, our ideological, you know, Wellington boots and stick in the mud and go, I'm right and you're wrong and fight me, bro. But the reality is, is that it's going to be much more flexible than that because we're now dealing with people trying to manage chaos. We're trying to watch people, I think, go through a controlled demolition of the old way of doing things. And that's going to, and they don't have perfect information about what's out there. Right. The Fed has no more perfect information about what's going on than I do or anybody else does. And so when they, you know, so if I say, which I think that the Fed and the New York boys blew up Silvergate and Silicon Valley Bank last week on purpose, the same way they blew up FTX on election night on purpose in order because it's in their best interest to do so. Why? Their primary competitors are the offshore dollar markets, including the crypto markets. So they're just freaking euro dollars as well. Okay. But that's all stable coins are. And worse than that, they're the most egregiously leveraged synthetic dollars, offshore dollars. Okay. As opposed to the ones within the US banking system or even the ones, uh, you, know, it, you know, flowing around the economy. Certainly there's no synthetic dollars floating around the economy. 
unless people are paying for, you know, their Starbucks with USD coin. The last I checked, I don't think very many people are doing that, but maybe they are. <laughs> My point being is that the, or maybe yeah, if, if Starbucks is willing to take USD coin, I'm like, well, cool. But the, simply because I, you know, I'm going to trade nothing and get something, not because I think USD coin is worth a shit. I don't. Um, but if that's the fundamental thesis, look, these people are all, you know, the whole Davos or argument is that we, in order for the financial system to do in its current form in any way, manner, shape or form in the current society in its current form or any evolution of society in its current form has to go through a collapse and rebuild and we should digitize money completely in the process and leave them in charge because that's what central bank digital currencies at the retail level will do. And we can do away with the central banks or not the central banks, the commercial banks, because they're evil, right? That sells to the Occupy Wall Street crowd. It also sa- mm-hmm. it, it also somewhat sells to the libertarian and the Fed crowd because we all <laughs> because we've been we've been we've been successful in highlighting the evils of central banking. So none of us ever want to knee-jerk defend the Fed, even when the Fed does the right thing, which is in this case is go after the communists in Europe and in the United States. And there and there's just as many, there's many of them in the United States and they are all they occupy positions of power. And so you, and that, you know, in the in the interim, you look, look at the Fed, they, they look at the central banks, you look at the Fed, and you look at the commercial banks, you just say, look, they're the guys caught in the middle between the people and the commies. And they're the only ones with enough power to stop the commies from doing what's going to be done. I'm really like dumbing this down. Okay. Really dumbing it down because it just needs to be like discussed. And it has to be discussed in those kind of ideological terms because this is yeah. about the private formation of capital or versus the public formation of capital. And commies don't believe in private formation of capital. So they will do everything imaginable to destroy the, destroy the reputation and the ability of the private sector to coordinate capital through time. They want that power and they will do anything imaginable to get it, including blowing up food plants and, you know, restricting our ability to you know, drill for oil and, oh, by the way, destroy our banking system and our legal system and our political system and our elections and everything else. So that's when you, so when you think of it this way and you look at how they fund all this stuff, it gets funded through the egregious leverage afforded the world when the central bank of the world, the Federal Reserve, fuck the IMF, fuck the BIS. These people are not half as powerful as they think they are. They are only as powerful as the Fed allows them to be because okay. they are the, because the Fed is the source of dollars. So if the Fed says, you know what, I'm off this globalist gravy train, we're going away from the zero bound. When the zero bound is, when we're at zero cost money, when money, when money has no cost, Shitty ideas dominate Absolutely. and they're allowed to proliferate like mushrooms after a rainstorm in a cow field. And then we get Silicon Valley Bank is the 16th largest bank in the world. Uh, in the United States, what are you out of your minds? So, so who do you think? Where we are. So there's like a battle between the feds and these commercial banks. Like who do you think is going to win? Is it just automatically the fed or it's not automatically the fed. But they okay. have they have so many more. The, the problem is, is that our so much of our analysis is based on the fact that we had Greenspan creating the, the Greenspan put. Bernanke and Yellen selling the country out for 15 years with with ZERP and effectively NERP. Right. Zero interest rate policy or negative interest rate policy was okay. basically subsidized the entire building out of the, uh, the 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 political super state that is today the EU without 15 years of this stuff. Okay, there's no freaking way the EU gets to where it is today. 
The ECB doesn't have nearly the balance sheet that it has today to throw around and and uh, and and do all of this stuff. It doesn't have any of this power. If the Fed had stayed at five or six percent, we're getting four and six percent on the Fed funds rate. Forget it. The euro would have collapsed easily. Would have collapsed years ago. Okay, yeah. but the Fed enabled all of this, and it also enabled you know the Chinese to run a mercantilist you know a mercantilist scam on the rest of the world for twenty years longer than it was supposed to. Which originally, which filtered into Davos's plans because they expected all the man, they expect the Chinese, expected the Chinese to be their manufacturing source while still being the help for Europe, but still having control over their banking system yeah, by forcibly opening up the Chinese capital account, forcibly opening them up and putting all the money into China and then thinking that was going to give them political power, which is how they always do it. Yep. See, okay? Europe gave China communism in the first place anyway. It's where like I get so annoyed with the MAGA crowd who are kind of buy into that anti-china narrative i'm like no <laughs> it is it is europe that is our main you know enemy right now and yeah the chinese can... i mean the chinese communist party like there are there are doctrinaire communists in the chinese communist party like don't get me don't get me wrong but right. at the end of the day you know they don't run the people who are the architects of monetary policy in china as martin armstrong has pointed out many 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 times these guys are all bond pit veterans they were all educated and then sent over here to trade bonds there ain't a person 95% of the people in the Federal Reserve all have PhDs from Harvard, Yale, and Stanford. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're, they're ivory tower eggheads. Okay, Daniel DiMartino Booth goes over this in great detail in her book, and I absolutely recommend everybody listen to it. I would listen it to it, as opposed to reading it, because then you get to listen to Danielle yes. read her own work, which is hilarious. Yeah, and I, and I actually just did about a month ago, and I, I, yeah, I highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I listened. I went down to I went down to have the, the to to watch a hockey game down in Tampa with a, a patron, and yeah, I, I put that on for the 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 trip, and it was just it was you know I watched I listened to the first half of it. At that point, I you know I had most of Danielle's story at that point, which was fine. Again, once we got into Richard Fisher, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, okay, I, I've got it now. But, so it was great. I mean, it's a great book, and I, I absolutely recommend everybody read it. It's a little out of date because it's talking about the Bernanke Yellen Fed as opposed yeah. to now the Powell Fed, which is when I had her on her pot. I had her on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. That was what I wanted to discuss with her. Was like, what do you see is different about the culture of the Fed from when you were there versus what you're seeing today? And I'm, you know, and she, I was able to tease some things out of her, and I think everybody should listen to that as well, just to get an idea of what the culture of the, and the leadership of the Federal Reserve is, is like. And there's a there's an internal war at the Fed, like the culture at the Fed's still very similar to what it always was, but Powell's leadership is fundamentally different. Okay, he's a different guy. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't as politically aware when Trump got elected at first. In fact, I was so disgusted with the choices we had in 2016, I didn't even vote. Mm -hmm. uh, Fair enough. And what I what really started like waking me up, I was like, well, why is the media so adamantly against him? Right. And it took me years to figure this out. And I start to think that maybe it's because he appointed Paul as Fed chair. That's one of the primary reasons. Um, Brett, ask your question. How old are you? Uh, I am 33. Okay. So that's cool. Dude, I didn't even have my political awakening until I was 33. Okay. Okay. So yeah. don't don't so don't feel bad. Okay. And well, I mean, so you're, so you're I, way I, ahead. You're way ahead of my curve, and look at where I am today. Just, just well, wait. I mean, I, I had to see where you are in 20 years. <laughs> I, I had some, I had some minor political awakenings in 2008 because that's the year I graduated, and yeah, sure. what a great year to you know enter adult life, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. And and you are, and, and that that is actually very very much plays into my entire opinion about how your generation perceives the world at this point. And mm -hmm. part of what I've been trying to do, even though I rag on millennials all the time, it is also to try and educate you to say look it's the black pill the real black pill is that you 
you're still being fucked. And yeah. it's still the same people who fucked you in 2008 and your fucking yeah. parents in 2000, in 1999, 2000. Mm-hmm. They're still fucking you today. And the counter narrative was, they and they tried to tell you that you were getting fucked by Trump. I got news for you. That is not the case. Um, in 2016, I had, you described, well, I fucking, why vote? Like that, that was me in 2012. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point? I still voted for Ron Paul. I still wrote his name in. And I was still there and I still wrote him in the 2008, but I knew damn well that McCain and Romney were, you know, they were just globalists. Right. Right. I knew it was done. I knew it was, especially as a hardcore old, you know, as a kind of an OG libertarian at that point, I'm like, yeah, this is dumb. But it was only during the early part of the campaign in 2016, when I realized what both Bernie Sanders and Trump um, represented, which was a populist uprising against the oligarchy. So at that point I was absolutely voting. As a matter of fact, you know, if Trump had lost the primaries and Bernie Sanders had won the primaries, I would have held my nose, thrown up a little bit in my mouth and voted for freaking Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Not because yeah. I believe in Bernie Sanders. Right. I'm dead serious. This is now just pure Rothbardian tactical voting. Right. Strategic voting. Yep. Nothing more, nothing less. Right. So but I was actually much happier to vote for Trump because I knew very I knew flat out at the very least they were going to lose their minds to such a degree. <coughs> That it was going to be hilarious at the at a minimum and and potentially transformative if he doesn't suck. So Trump only kind of half sucked, and we it was hilarious and mm-hmm. pathetic. Oh yeah, and all of those things all at the same time. So it was a me- it was a mess. By the time it was done, I'm like, okay, I'm over Trump. But look at what the things that they had to do in order to get rid of him, and look at the things that they're doing. They're still doing to keep him coming back. Right? Why? Because oh, Trump yes. has had a peek behind the curtain, understands how the system works now. And, you know, despite some of his shortcomings as a human being, would be a very interesting, it would be a very interesting Trump second term. Yes. Okay. Oh, 100%. And there's a few things I'm still trying to, like, trying to map out because like, him and Elon Musk are the two guys that are the hardest for me to, like, kind of pin down because Trump's still shilling vaccines. Yeah. Like, I mean, like. <laughs> Trump doesn't like to admit that he's wrong. This is I mean, Trump's that, that, biggest problem. Right. Trump, yeah, Trump is a nar- well, classic narcissist who never admits that he's wrong. It also yeah. really helped him, like What's in that? the campaigning and everything. Just to, if you never admit you're wrong, then yeah, I don't know. It's a good political well, that's move. A, I mean, that's just the way. That's just the way these look. I can tell you, you know, one of the things I first learned when I went to first when I went to to work at Newsmax was that the the copy all had to be. I'm doing this. I'm leading you. I am in charge of this. Even if I'm wrong, I'm going to own up that I'm wrong and I'm going to move on. And I'm and I will never equivocate. I won't tell you, well, if you do this, this is a good way. I, you know, I won't we're not allowed to actually talk like normal people and go, yeah. oh, by the way, you know, the stock is overvalued at this and undervalued at this. So this is how you should spread trade the, you know, your position like a normal person. No. Like and it's just it's the same thing in politics. You never show weakness. And I right. just I told my editors at Newsmax, I, I actually ran into serious problems with my first editor at Newsmax because of this, because I was writing a different kind of newsletter. And when I started doing that, my retention rates went through the roof because everybody at that point realized that the people that I had understood that I was telling them the, the unvarnished version of the truth that I can see at this moment in time. I may be wrong about things, but at the very least, I'm not putting on a front. Okay, I'm not being Eric Sprott constantly going out there and saying silver is the buy of the century for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, sorry. I, I mean, I love Eric Sprott. I think he's right in some ways, but when? You know, when is that going to happen, Eric? And for what reason? He's been wrong about all the reasons why. 
but they, mm-hmm. and so, so I don't listen to any of those guys anymore. I don't, you know, I know their hearts are on the right place, but I also know that, you know, they're shilling at yeah. a certain level. And I, I'm of, not chilling here. I'm doing my best. And, and, I, and everybody says they're not chilling, but I'm telling you, you know, I'll, I'll sit here and remain as flexible as possible and go, if, if the Fed bails out like Davos and bails out the ECB, I'll be like, oh, shit, I'm done. I'm going to have to go get another job. Right. Like, Because my whole, my whole business will collapse at this point. Yeah. I'll be back you, to 800 patrons and, you know, looking for, you know, looking for, um, you know, brother, can you spare a dime? I got, I, you know, I need a cup of coffee. So um, you don't think the Fed is going to bail them out? No, not not the ECB. As a matter of fact, everything that's happened so far this morning tells me that what has happened here is the following in very, very broad strokes. And I'm not going to go into the details of it because it will take an hour. Uh, And I've done my my homework this morning as we were before we went live. What I think is the following. And everybody's going to go, oh, but this is the backdoor QE and this is backdoor. Yeah, everybody has everybody today believes that everything that happens is backdoor QE. I've seen a lot of bad takes on Twitter this morning, too. So but, Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad takes. So here's <laughs> yeah. my take, right? The Fed took down Silvergate and SIVB because they wanted to... This is It's like FTX 2.0. If we're going to get rid of the synthetic dollar pump and the money laundering opportunity for it to recycle, to recycle printed dollars in D.C. and favors in D.C., they go offshore and then they come back to fund Google and Amazon and all this and all this, you know, tumblerina of unsafe space and her and her CS job over at Twitter tormenting Republicans. Right. And all of these bad startups with no freaking revenue and everything else. And there's and there's many ways to interpret all of these startups. Some mm. of them are literally just political payola. OK, they aren't real companies. Any more than anybody, any more than Simon and Schuster really paid Hillary Clinton a $5 million signing bonus for her book or Michelle Obama's book. These are all payoffs mm-hmm. in the form of a book advance, some venture capital for a stupid fucking company or anything like that. Speaking so there's fees. all of that out there. Okay. And some of those things were, you know, pieces and, uh, you know, bricks in the wall of the, building Panopticon through central bank digital currencies, either being using Ripple or whatever it is that, that, that you know, they want in this and hundred different ways that they can get this done. But the ultimate thing here is that if you can create critical mass within the crypto markets, that in terms of your, and I'm speaking specifically about your generation in terms of your faith in it over the old system backed by the Fed and the commercial banks, then there will be, then that's the ultimate tail wagging the monetary policy dog. Okay. The old Euro dollar system under LIBOR was the way they did it for years. LIBOR is ending in June. SOFR is now the law of the land. The Fed controls the SOFR rate and so the U.S. domestic demand for dollars controls the SOFR rate, which then translates out to the demand for U.S. dollars in overseas markets. I mean, the Fed is not going to go through all of this fight to put SOFR into place, to do away with LIBOR, to, to ruin the city of London's ability to, to, to tell the United States what the fucking value of their own goddamn currency should be, to back up the ECB, ECB the, BO, the BOE, the British pound, the euro, and all those other fucking globalist communist claptrap bullshit, 
and say, no, we are Americans. I am the fucking central. We are the central bank of the United States. I am the FOMC chair and I have a dual mandate, Christine Lagarde. I don't give a fuck whether your next door turns red and starts to, and starts, and you start to get the fucking vapors <laughs> leather neck. I have two, you know, I have two goddamn mandates, full employment and stable prices. Now I can't do, I can't deliver on those because they're mutually exclusive. Oh, by the way, if you're a strict Austrian on this, Austro-Libertarian on this, but that doesn't matter. That rhetoric alone is what you need to hear. Okay. And when I brought this up to Boots, she said, Oh, by the way, who complained the most about the first 75 basis point rate hike? Christine Lagarde. You can't deploy yeah. interest rates of unusual size. What are you doing? You will destroy <laughs> us. Well, guess what? If you look at the cross currency markets this morning, if you look at the deal that was put in place between the, the, Davos controlled Fed run by Janet Yellen, uh, Fed, uh, Treasury Department run by Janet Yellen and the Jerome Powell led Fed. What you see this morning is a quid pro quo, a quid pro quo. We're going to raise FDIC limits to bail out all the depositors. That means that Nancy Pelosi's $5 million cash account over at, SI, over at SIVB, she's going to get paid her $5 million. And all of the, the DC donor class that put all their money in there and some of the VC founders that were getting paid off by Soros to, you know, build some stupid friggin' um, software project that could be used to, you know, build the Panopticon, all that stuff. That's th those people are going to get bailed out. That's the price that the fed is going to have to pay to get rid of the bank, which is the conduit for this to continue. So we're going to cut off the flow of the money to these things, just like they cut off the flow of the money with FTX. So they're just continuing to cut off pipes into crypto, into dodgy crypto bullshit, and the levering up and the recycling of profligate spending on Capitol Hill, which goes out through the MI, through the military industrial complex, through foreign aid, through this, through that, and comes right and then gets levered up, handed to people like George Soros and others, hand, levered up, and then sent right back here to pay off, you know. To, to, to pay off the the, the uh, create the to pay off certain people to create you know comp, uh, to create companies like CrowdStrike for example to use that money to undermine the institutional um, confidence of the United States the dollar was literally being used by these people to destroy the legal structure the cultural structure the political structure the electoral structure and the financial structure of the United States. Mm -hmm. It's been done for decades too. Like this yeah, is... it has been, but this is the latest iteration of it. And the crypto world was just the latest iteration of it. And this is to say, crypto, not Bitcoin. Yes, because I think crypto, Bitcoin yeah. is crypto is different. Crypto is different. And as are all other hardcore proof of work coins like Monero and and all the rest of them. Like whether you like those or not, it, 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 it's irrelevant. They are the core of what crypto that's... should be. Yep, that's the way you set them up. Yeah. And so you just, and you, so you got to get rid of the USD coins. You got to get rid of FTT. You got to get rid of all this stuff. You got to get rid of every, every bit of it. And you're going to get rid of Ave. It's going to go away. You're going to get rid of all of it. It's all going to go away. Every bit of it. What's going to be Good. left is stuff that is real. Yeah. There will be some, there will be some smart contract platform that will survive simply, at, but they will survive as an adjunct because it's better to do those on a dedicated uh, software project to that kind of thing, as opposed to bolting it on the Bitcoin. This is my prediction for the next five years in the crypto space. Okay. But, but because Bitcoin is a bearer asset, 
it actually has the ability, like gold, to help recapitalize the entire U.S. financial system. And so, uh, which is far, which is a much farther evolution of the thesis. And there's one I was I was literally arguing with Caitlin Long about this morning on <laughs> on, on, uh, on on Twitter DM and and not arguing, but you know it was a you know it was a, it was a good frank discussion about our, our our views on this. And I happen to agree with some of the what's and you know Caitlin brought up some really good points, which I have to consider yet about like why did they go after her bank when she was actually trying to introduce Bitcoin in a custodial fashion into the banking system. Mm. And my best answer to her privately was. The timing's not right. They just they can't ha- they can't afford to have that now. They can't afford to allow that into the marketplace because you know there are still I think there's still regulatory and government um, pitfalls. You know while the Biden administration is in place, yep. yep, and while the stupidity reigns supreme on Capitol Hill, like there's a whole lot that can be done here that yeah. is the that is wrong. I think. I think post 2024, depending on who gets elected, what happens, I think that environment for Bitcoin and for banks like Caitlin's are possible. I think she, I just think she, I, I hate to use this metaphor here because it, I, I, but is, I think they, I think she and people like her in the Bitcoin space reach for the boob too early on prom night. Yeah. So, uh, uh so I mean, like this is just, that's purely me. It's purely opinion here, guys. Oh, of course. And I, Actually, thinking along these lines, like coming the election in 2024, mm. they're wiping out all these ways that they use to, to to fund. Let's call it their election strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the election of 2024 could look very, very different than what we just saw, you know, last could. year. It could. It, it very well could. And I think we have to watch mm. this stuff carefully. So getting back to the deal. So, like I said, that deal, if you really look at it between Yellen and 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 and, and uh, Powell is very much a bullish sentiment for the 2024 election cycle. Because we got the bank, you got some cash, but you have no more ability to do anything with that cash because we know who you are. And you can go buy your own private island or you can go retire or you can go, you know, that's fine, but you're done. You just, your ability to take that and like use it against us is over. And yeah, if you I, think I, you're going to use it against us, again, you're done. And because Jamie Dimon is sitting there like the like the captain of <laughs> the canary, just waiting there to go. Okay, we'll just take your we just, we so whatever so, bank you try to move that money into next, we'll take that one over too. So if that happens, like who do you think? It's not like Republican versus Democrat, or is it? Is it? No. Okay. So who do you think they're gonna they're priming to the the Fed side? Who they're priming to? Oh, for the election cycle. The election, yeah. I know that Soros and company are backing Ron DeSantis to the hilt. I love Ron, but Ron is Ron is all all wet on foreign policy, and I need him to stay yeah. here in Florida and shut and 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 shore Absolutely. up what he's done here. Wall Street's also, I think, telling DeSantis, "You don't have a shot. Uh, they're not going to put their money behind DeSantis. Um, they want him to stay in Florida and finish what's being done, which is to be to move New York out of Wall Street and move it to Miami. And that's mm-hmm. in process. And guess what? Also, guess what else is centered in Miami as well? Bitcoin. Yep. It, okay, it, cool. it, Miami is going to be the and first right city. and right wing and quote unquote right wing dissident media. It's all in South Florida, along with the internet bandwidth, thanks to the porn industry. 
Don't know. Yeah. I don't laugh. Hey. It's cool. Yeah. Hey. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Porn yeah. Internet, internet, internet backbone, for Christ's sake. It's a porn and drives technology. They did it with VHS. That, that backbone. Like, yeah. that's the question. Like, why did they allow for porn? Like, well, well, California screwed the pooch on that. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they could have they could have had they could have had that business, but they chose not to. And as a matter of fact, one of my oldest friends went to, you know, back in 2005, went to work at a work went to work for an early version of Pornhub, you know, at working yeah. out of a guy's um a guy's uh, apartment in freaking Boca Raton. Like I, I, I helped move him out of there when the job blew up and moved him back to Gainesville. Like it was hilarious. Like, you know, I, I mean, this, this shit's been going on for years. If we have a concentration of anything in Florida, we have a concentration of two very important things. Um, pornography shit bags and Bitcoin shit bags. Like, it's like, it's <laughs> all right, you know, and, and it's fine. It is what it is. And there's, it's, yeah. it, but it's what's coming. Okay. And yeah. you can see the money that's flowing in to the state of Florida. It's it's all it's off the charts. It's just off the charts. You I, I could no, you have no idea. Yeah, Florida, like, and so Texas. You, it's yeah, Texas is also, but Florida is a special thing. Yeah. Do you Plus, think the the Fed sort of cutting off these pipelines and whatnot? Do you think that's going to be better for average Joes in the future? Oh yeah, but it's going to take. It's going to be painful in the short time. Short term. Okay. And a lot of these people are going to have to be paid off to leave the stage. There's going to be deals cut, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm past the point of like, like oh, uh, you know, I, I don't care about justice. I just want these people away. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, would you, <laughs> like, don't, can't you take the win? Like, oh no, I want them right. to win. Like, no, I'm like justice is never going to happen. They're never yeah. going to apologize. All right, they're going to go like, right. the, like the thing that made me the happiest out of all of this was hearing that maybe Harry and Meghan Markle were going to lose Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were going to lose like you know fifty million or hundred million dollars in the FDA. Heartwarming. And I know it was, you know, I just, <laughs> my asshole it really was. It was uh, you know, I just felt like, oh, look, the oh, look, Queen Narcissist herself, you know, um, Queen Narcissist in waiting is, uh, is, uh, is going to have to cut back on her handbag. So, uh, what does this mean uh, for uh, the Ukraine conflict? Is, it, is this tied into that at all? It is, yeah. it's absolutely very, tied very into it because you know, because these, this funding for Ukraine, like, look, Ukraine was a money laundering operation first, right and foremost and look the fed is executing certain things and excising certain aspects of the davos great reset plan bit by bit by cutting out the financial system on the other side and i one of my patrons we were just chatting about it and he said you know it's funny like um the ecb is going to try to wriggle out of this stuff and as much as they can the offshore dollar markets are going to try and wriggle out of this but they're going to be you know but they're going to run out of bullets eventually soros and company will run out of bullets while the fred can print their own well, doesn't that sound exactly similar to what's happening in Ukraine? The Russians can fight industrial war and the Ukrainians have no infrastructure capacity left. Mm -hmm. They have no political infrastructure. They've got no real physical infrastructure. They have to rely on the kindness of strangers to send them bullets and bombs. Like and, they're running, and, they're running out of physical, and they're running out of physical capital. There's any, any freaking men left of fighting age or training to, to fight the war. So this whole thing is going to collapse very, very quickly. And... And then it ties into like one six and Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk yes. taking over Twitter. It's all the same thing. I call it the counter revolution and it's all happening right. on multiple fronts. And Putin is no idiot. Neither is Raisi and uh, in Iran, along with the, uh, along with uh, um, uh, the head mullah, the, you know, the head of the mullahs, I, I, you know, uh, it's the, the Ayatollah, Sistani, not Sistani. Um, I can't, the, the lead Ayatollah, I, I'm sorry, his name, 
for for uh, escapes me. Same thing with G. Same thing with even Assad and all the rest of them. They have all, you know what? I learned a long time ago that in order to win a fight, it's not the number of punches you can throw that matter. It's the number of punches you can take. take. Yep. And I mean, this, this is like Iran has been executing that strategy against the Israelis brilliantly for 40 years now. And the Russians have been doing it against with the, the Americans and Europe since the early 2000s with Putin. Around 2005 was when it really started to go. And then when he and then after the Munich Security Conference speech in 2007, when he laid down the freaking law about what was going to happen next. You know, it's been nothing but 15 years he's been fighting them on this front, understanding that you don't respond, um, you know, like a jackass when they're just it's just literally some guy sitting there saying, I'm poking you, I'm poking you, yeah. I'm poking you. And you're like, that's nice. Go. Yeah. So, so is this then the uh, is, is this the re resegregation of the the global world um break, breaking it they've i've heard like uh, different different people talking about more localized rather than globalized um where you're going to be trading with your next door neighbors rather than across the globe um trying to trying to uh do more localized support of the uh infrastructure economy and everything i i i think that like you know i for t- 10 years ago i was working with a guy over in vietnam and we just sat there t- looking at this going like production of basic goods is going to and with 3D printing and and automated yeah. production like why are we why are we paying why are we shipping the cotton all the way overseas to have some Vietnamese girl making 30 cents an hour make me a $4 t-shirt why don't we stop spending the 350 on on all of that and just you know and when and, and when transportation costs are high enough the economies of scale will be we'll just keep the cotton in Atlanta and we'll just we don't even have to have a human worker build the yep. shirt for us. We can even, you know, you know, send them a picture of us and like get a tailored shirt for five bucks as opposed to an untailored shirt, you know, that we buy at Walmart for four fifty. And that's only after it's on sale if they charge to charge a seven for it. Right. So yep. Why are we shipping? I, I, I absolutely, uh, 10 years ago, I thought this was coming. So I absolutely think this is coming okay. now. And I think it's one of the yeah. things, it's one of the unintended consequences of Davos's desire to make an energy uninvestable through by raising a volatility. Okay. I'm not a MAGA guy anymore. I'm a Moya guy. Make oil investable again. Mm. Okay? okay. And because the volatility in oil is, <coughs> um, is a tell because it shouldn't be that way. There's absolutely no reason why oil should be you know, six and a half percent, you know, internal volatility or weekly volatility from low to high relative to its price every week. But it is. I mean, oil is 50 percent more volatile on a week to week basis than silver is. Wow. Which is insane when you think about it. And silver is a thin market that nobody really cares about. I mean, like, it, it, and silver is like famously manipulated, too. Right? And famously yeah, manipulated and everything else. And yeah, mm. that's how manipulated oil is. Oil yeah. should not be this way. Everybody, the whole world would benefit except for Davos if the oil price was stable so. and predictable, but it's yeah. not. So, and so policy changes about that. So, so, yes, the world is deglobalizing from that perspective. Certain aspects of it will, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. there's always going to be global trade, but I do think there's going to be a lot more localization, especially as we 
advance further into an era where the United States dollar isn't a global reserve currency. And you've mentioned that it'll just become like a, more of like a regional reserve currency. Not, I think like Powell said there's more than room in the world for more than one reserve currency. There's, you know, I'm not averse to Bitcoin, but I am averse to stable coins. Like take the man at his word, dude, and then go watch his, and then go watch his actions. Um, you know, when he says things like that in front of the Senate, right. During Hum Humphrey Hawkins testimony, you have to listen to that carefully. That's not, that goes in the official record for everyone to hear. That is not just, the Fed trying to shape or draw on markets. That is not part of the quote unquote communi uh, communications policy. That is the opinions of the FOMC chair. And the FOMC chair sets freaking policy. So, you know, when you, when you put it in those terms, it's pretty obvious, right? So yeah, I, I think all of this is happening. Um, I don't, they don't for a minute believe that, uh, that Powell's going to pivot. I mean, if he has to for uh, six weeks or whatever, not raise interest rates, will that really change anybody's calculus about what it is that he's done? Right. Like, oh, if, a already... things, if a couple of other, you know, attendant things pop off and it takes a couple of weeks longer to, you know, roll all this stuff down and get past the, get past the, 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 the panic that's we're dealing with this morning then it, so be it. It doesn't change anything. He still moved interest rates from 0% to 4.75% in order to do exactly what he's done. Mm -hmm. If it takes him another, you know, six or eight weeks to get that finished. Yeah. You know. Do you think the housing, housing market's going to crash or more than regionally, it has? I suppose? Regionally. Sure. Regionally? Yeah. Okay. But there's a lot of people, look, there's a lot of money out there. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. So a lot of this so a lot of these asset values, there's going to be a roll down of the asset values, right? The Fed is rolling up smaller Ponzi schemes, smaller Ponzi scheme banks in this case, assumed to be smaller Ponzi scheme. Central banks are going to roll over and be fucked. Oh, by the way, go over to go over to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Go over to Australia. There's no notations this morning about at least two Australian banks starting to go under. There's going to be European banks that go under blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of cope going out there this morning about how the European banks are properly capitalized. Nothing is ever, you know, officially denied until it's been confirmed, right? So, oh, by the way, they're having like all the analysts in Europe are saying, oh, the European banking system's great. Well, that's great. Then why is ING down 5%? Why is Unicredit down 10%? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why are these things happening? <laughs> yeah, strong oh, Jim really? Kramer vibes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know. Why well, puts know, on them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess the, there's the Tom put short everything. Uh, except, the dollar, except, the dollar, the, except the dollar, gold, oil, and now, like everything else, is like yeah, whatever. Because um, why would you buy any? Why would you be in long anything else at this point? Maybe Bitcoin. Um, and I want to use the profits off the shorts to buy Bitcoin and gold coins. Yep. So they, um, um, what was I saying? We were talking about. I got lost in all of that. Um, oh shit. <laughs> Where were we, Brett? What's that? Where were we? Uh, oh, crap! I forgot. <laughs> you got a pretty good rant there. <laughs> you know what happens? Use the profits. Yeah, the shorts. Stop Bitcoin. Before I sub-reference again, and then I go up. And right, right. Um, so, so anyway, um, the, the way I've been kind of looking at oh, this, I, is I, like, hold on. I think it's you know, it's about it's 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 about Europe and what's popping off, and will yeah, the, yeah. And, and and look the the look 
the Fed has to do what it's doing because of the de-dollarization that's happening around the world. I think this is an ancillary point to everything we we're talking about and maybe yes. get us back onto the train. Um, so there's no argument that here they have to. The Fed could easily delay a couple of rate hikes. This is where we were. Delay a couple yep, yep. of rate hikes if they need to, but they've clearly done what they've needed to do to get us to this point. The big question now is going to be the Congress's fiscal response. And it's very clear that part of this deal that was set up between Yellen and Powell was that Powell, that Yellen gets to spend a lot of money she doesn't have, which means that the Fed is going to have to potentially monetize new debt, right? Well, yes and no, because yeah, the banks are going to get hit with higher fees is the way they're going to pay for it and higher recapitalization fees. But here's what the Fed did with the rest of the deal. And this is the interesting part. And this is going to be the biggest cries of backdoor QE. I've already, I've already fielded three of these this morning. I've seen lots Ready? of tweets about, hey, let's backdoor QE. I can Ready? This is, here it is. So this whole, whole idea is that um, a lot of banks have a whole bunch of treasuries that they, uh, that they have exposure to treasuries, right? That were trading at, you know, one and a half, two and a half percent. And then they were trading at four and they're, they're down. So the Fed is saying, look, you can take those mark to, you can ignore the mark to model value of that, of that stuff, trade them in with the Fed at par. So whatever you paid for them, you'll be able to trade them with us at par to get long, to get short-term liquidity, to get a loan. What's, what, what's the, what's the incentive here? They're going to turn them in at par, buy new bonds at four and a half percent, right? Four and a half percent coupons and and basically um, end the whole and, and fill the holes in their balance sheets because they well you know they they, they just got a big they just got a big capital injection right but here's the thing it's not just the American commercial banks that are underwater on this that's the that are going to do this you know who else is going to do this every U.S. corporation that has U.S. treasuries that they're sitting on mark to market losses on. And or their offshore banks and that they're sitting on, they're going to be able to bring U.S. treasuries back home at par and, and, and anything that's bound up in, say, an interest rate derivative swap or carry trade or anything along those lines. The Fed just guaranteed, yeah, and it is QE, it's, it is a put, but it's a put to bring the capital home and shore up the legs, the long legs or the, or the long or the short legs, the U.S. treasury leg of any offshore derivative. Leaving the other guy on the on, on the end to hang when the markets move against them. Oops. And all you're doing is creating even more fertile ground for offshore interest rate blow-ups and to dig even bigger holes in the European banking sheets, European and offshore and offshore bank uh, bank balance sheets. Man, I, I got a cousin. In, I, I'm like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I got a cousin yeah. in the Air Force. Doctor, uh, I'm not like doing the Dr. Evil thing here. Right? You, don't, <laughs> you don't say. Oh, okay. I, I got a cousin in the Air Force, and currently he's stationed in um, uh, uh, Belgium. And, okay. and he's been kind of bummed out. Now he's going to have to be re, re-stationed in, back to uh, like Fairbanks, Alaska. And I'm like, no, uh, this is probably a good time for you you to be moving the hell out of Europe, like, like you'll you'll see it, you know, a year down the road. Oh, Fairbanks, really? <laughs> well, I, I yeah, I I know it's. I, <laughs> I don't. Um, I think so. Ever since I started listening to you, I've never paid attention to European politics more because I think that's where the real interesting things are starting to happen. Well, apart from like what's going on this week, right? Uh, we're starting to see a lot of resistance to the uh, Davos agenda in. You know, uh, countries, yeah, Europe, and uh, especially uh, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, uh, I mean, I saw big yeah. riots in Belgium. I saw yeah, yeah. big, uh, big demonstrations in Italy and others. And Georgia Maloney isn't, I yeah. can't, I don't know what to make of Georgia Maloney in Italy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing I wanted to ask you about. Cause so what, what, what's your current read on Georgia Maloney? Because you seem to have high hopes of her. That's coming a really a tough question. Cause yeah. I'm getting like a lot of very contradictory stuff coming out of coming from Italian sources over there. And, and, and I don't know if we can, if she's not another Trojan horse or if she's somebody who's just kind of trapped in a bad situation while they put pressure on her. I think that she could be running a, a war of attrition against the EU in terms of time. Like, let's just like, let's tell them what they want. Let's play these games for as long as we want until other things break. And then they take the pressure off of us. Yeah, and that's my most generous read of what's going on. Yeah. But the but the coalition is in serious trouble because okay. Berlusconi and Salvini are not happy with her as she effectively plays footsie with the EU on things like immigration and yep. budget policy and everything else. And again, she may not be in any position to do anything else other than that. And of course, you know, histrionic Italians. I, I'm I'm sorry, I repeat myself. Um, jump at that the same way that we have black pilled. <laughs> Americans now so worried about things that every time the Fed does anything that is other than raise interest rates by 75 basis points, that's considered a pivot. But that's their psychological problem, not the act, not, you know. But again, okay. Italian politics, like they wrote the book on freaking the deep state and, you know, backstabbing. <laughs> so, you know, all I can you tell think- you is I, I don't see anybody standing up with a big, with a big macho, you know, moment going, look. But, um, yeah, we're doing this, but I think there, I, I just think there's a lot of captured pawns in Italy. I also think a lot of the, and the, the political class in Rome is still fully in the tank for the Davos agenda and until that, until there's a critical mass for that to shift and there isn't critical mass within the Rome mafiosi for that to shift. It's at mm-hmm. the, it's at the, it's at the popular level, but it's yeah. not at the political level yet. Yep. Say similar to what we have here. We don't have critical mass here at the political yep. level. But right. I, th- I think there are some spots in Europe, though, that are seeming that are they're close to approaching that cl- uh, critical mass where popular pl- popular opinion will overrule yep. uh, up the leaders. In power. I think uh, Mark Rutte in, in 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 the Netherlands is in serious trouble. Yeah, I, I mean seriously. Like, I mean, to, I mean, to, we'll, to, we'll to find to out. Roll soon. out the friggin' tanks against the the farmers five days before a general election. What are you out of your mind? Yeah. I mean. I mean, it, 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 I just saw that it looks like their protests are just started to spark back up again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, again, it's like, you know, they, they executed a decapitation of the UK. Um, there is a lot of chatter from the people who are reading the UK carefully that Charles is going to dissolve the government in May at his coronation. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you salt all this to taste. Yeah, but yeah, but but, that, but this, then again, I, I'm throwing this out there as something. I was waiting for you to use that for. phrase. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Wait till wait till I use you know suck Satan's cock, and then you know we're really you know really. Down I'm just right. waiting <laughs> for a situation in real life where I can use that phrase. Oh, I, I, use, it all, I, I use it all the time. I, but yes, I, look, dudes. Like if you haven't watched the Bill Hicks, the the, the Bill Hicks uh, routine on you know on selling out in Hollywood. Because that's where that comes from. That's Bill Hicks. I ain't okay. Okay. Uh, it's oh yeah, no. Go watch the Bill Hicks. Just like just a Bill Hicks, Arsenio, not Arsenio Hall. Um, MC Hammer. Okay. That's all okay. you gotta do. Bill Hicks, MC Hammer. Well, Hammer, back again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Awesome. Oh. It's been it's phenomenal. It's <laughs> just phenomenal. So um yeah, I I, I absolutely recommend everybody do that. So I, I like sold all the stuff to taste about what's going on with the with with the british crown and all of this stuff because it's very possible that like look everything's happening between now and the end of june right yellen has already said we are gonna have a death ceiling fight she started prepping for this in november for crazy i know i know i remember seeing it like we don't oh yeah we're going there well it's a note is it any different than pelosi in june of 2020 or july of 2021 talking about the debt ceiling vote over and tying it to build back better for four and a half months. It ain't different. It gonna, no, yeah. it's not. They always do this. This yep. is, and I described it at the time as the scene from Blazing Saddles where Cleveland Little's got the gun to his head. You know, everybody take a step back or they, or he gets it because I'm not allowed to use that word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and this was Pelosi saying, don't, don't make me shoot myself in the head. Like, Dude, you have the power in Congress to pass Build Back Better tomorrow, or do you? Mm-hmm. Or the infrastructure bill tomorrow, or do you? You don't, because yeah. you never really had a majority in the Senate, because Manchin and Cinema were never going to go along with this. Why? Because Wall Street told them not to go along with it. That's why. Because it's the only way that they stand up for four and a half months worth of pressure. But they tried to t- tie it to the bill, to the debt ceiling to shame the Republicans across the line and get a, f- a few of them to break and pass it for, for them. Over over them, and that's what happened. That's what Pelosi was trying for. She couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. She couldn't get it done because the whisper campaign had already started. This shit is over. We are done with this. The counter revolution started the day after Powell was appointed and John Williams was appointed to the New York Fed. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. and it and then the, then the five year rollout of SOFR began. Multiple times the. Americans tried to pull out of the global dollar markets, pull their assets out of global dollar markets in the banks by not repoing European uh, sovereign debt during the 2019 collateral shortage and uh, and then during 2020. And that's why we had to get um, six months later, we had to get uh, another round of this shit with COVID. Like COVID is nothing more than a force to fed the pivot. And mm-hmm. to advance the rest of the political agenda at the same time. It was like a geopolitical three for four for for um, Davos. But the big one was to force the pet the, the Fed to stay at the zero bound, monetize a whole bunch of debt and destroy the dollar and the and, the, and then the flood the world with insane amounts of, of dollar liquidity to pay for climate change and to roll out MMT and to get rid of Jerome Powell and have him blame him for everything that fall and move Lael Brainerd in as the head of the FOMC to, you know, send the United States down the full MMT retard path. And that way you freeze capital in Europe. You, 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 you prop up the Euro, you prop up European sovereign debt. You keep it at the zero bound. The the ECB never has to get off the zero bound. And the, and then they can continue to their war funding and all the rest of it. And And this is how it was supposed to go. And Powell held out. Mansion and Cinema held out. The inflation's got out. The story for the story around you know while we need all this money in order to build the economy back better because we're still struggling with COVID was a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. The CBO report. That's why when Mansion came out and said I'm going to wait for the CBO report before I, I vote on this, 
And when the CBO report came out and said, this is not going to be revenue neutral, even though Biden went out every day and read off the teleprompter badly, I might add. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. I yeah, watched uh, that. Thing. Yeah, this thing is all paid for and it's all revenue neutral. And they are all on the, <laughs> office when the CBO report comes out and says, this thing's going to cost six and a half trillion dollars. And most of that six and a half trillion will, ha will hit in the first three years of the bill. At that point, it's argued the argument was done. It was over. Mm. And then notice how during that same time, there was an insider trading scandal against every hawk on the Federal Reserve, including the, the Fed chair. Which was orchestrated by Lael Brainerd because she's the one who signed off on all the fucking trades. Mm. Because she was the compliance officer for all of the Fed governor's portfolios. So she signed off on every one of those trades. And then she leaked that information to Axios, to Axios or whoever. Politico mm. and then ran with it because she wanted to be Fed chair. And Powell just held his, just stuck to his guns. And they got three, they got Kaplan, Carita, and Rosengren, but, and they replaced them. They tried and they replaced them with a couple of commies and, but non voting commies, oh, by the way, this year and next year. Um, and, uh, you know, Powell's still in charge. John Williams is still in charge. They tried to go after John Williams too, it failed. Because they were staring at SOFR becoming the law of the land. They were going to reverse SOFR. They were going to reverse it all. Okay? They were going to, like, you know, extend the LIBOR into 2026. Do you know that's what the incentives... Were, no, that's what they were going to do. These fucking people. Mm. Screw these people. They're fucking horrible. And, and I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Zero Hedge is completely wrong about all of this. Okay, yeah, they are running the doom porn cycle up, up in... They are... I'm at war with Zero Hedge on this. It's really I mean, obvious. I'm I'm at war with certain camp within Zero Hedge that does not that does not believe this. They took a pot. They, they took a thinly veiled pot shot at me this morning. That's fine. I don't care. I've taken I've taken not so thinly veiled pot shots at them. So you know, like <laughs> must be doing something yeah. right. If you're getting that? Oh yeah. Well, like I, like I, I don't care at this point. I love Zero Hedge. I think they're great. Yeah, like, yeah. Zero Hedge is one of the better ones. I no, I mean, like Zero Hedge is great. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I owe yeah. my what success I have to them and to them reprinting my work and everything else. But like, dudes, at the end of the day, you're going to be wrong about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, You're I wrong. Think... I go read like their are their arguments today about they read some of the stuff they wrote today, and they came to the exact wrong conclusion about what the deal was about. This was a quid pro quo between uh, a between two warring institutions within the United States government, and Powell is not going to be forced to pivot here. He may not raise rates. They may have done enough damage to get that done. And again, ask yourself the question: Whose ox is gored? with a U.S. Treasury above 4% on the 10-year. And moreover, all of this is happening while the changeover at the BOJ is happening, at the Bank of Japan. Mm. Kuroda stepped down last week. The new guy, Ueda, came in and said, yeah, we're not going to change anything. And I got news for you. Ueda is, like Powell, is not cut from the same cloth as Kuroda. I haven't talked about this publicly, but I talked about it privately with my, and you, Brett, you as a patron should already know this. Yep. Okay. okay. What I'm, where I'm going with this. I already talked about this. Say, so look, I swear I found a great article in, in um, uh, the Nikkei website talking about why Kuroda's vice chair, Amania, did not take the job. He turned it down, explicitly turned it down for the good of Japan. Because he said, not quote, but mostly quote, that I was part of the architecture of this current monetary system. It, things are changing. I might not be a good objective 
you know, steward of monetary policy since I was an architect of this current system. I am going to step aside. Now, he did this in Japan. If this was the United States, that's one thing. In Japan, for him to turn down an honor like this, which was supposed to, it was supposed to be his turn. Mm -hmm. Period. And he turned it down. In the United States, and, and in the West, like stabbing each other in the back is like normal. For a guy like that to turn down in an honor-based system like Japan, to turn down that honor for the good of Japan tells you everything behind the scenes that the BOJ is about to change. Mm. Period. And I am arguing that the Japanese are going to end yield curve control. And when they do, everything about how the, and everything about the structure of European capital markets through the carry trades and the ability of the offshore dollar markets through the buying and selling of U.S. treasuries is going to change. And as far as I'm concerned, I think this is already done. I think this is already a done deal. And because that's the biggest signal of all to me, that we now have the right person in charge over at the BOJ to NQE. Because remember, it's the last of the major central banks that were on the coordinated central bank policy. In, 20, in, in late 2011, we exited the dollar reserve standard because it was broken. And we, in, we, we created the, uh, or they created the coordinated central bank reserve system, which is the BOJ, the SNB, the BOE, the, B, uh, the ECB, and the Fed all got together, issued cross-currency swap lines, and created a big $500 billion slush fund, and then went on round-robin QE First the Fed, then the ECB, then the BOJ, then this one, then that one, all constantly doing that and levering up their balance sheets. The SMB became the equity hedge fund of the entire world. They took care of supporting equity prices. The BOJ took care of um, supporting the euro through the carry trades. The Fed supported all of it at the zero bound, right? The BOE played its game. Everybody took their, everybody had their role. While Brexit was in place, the BOE was the first one to get off the zero bound. They were the first ones to start raising rates. Hmm. Yeah, isn't Brexit now kind of compromised? Uh, Brexit is done with yeah, with yeah. the with the globalist takeover with Rishi Sunak and and yeah. getting rid of Liz Truss and and um and uh, <coughs> the end of Queen Elizabeth's reign. It was yeah they were that was a, that was a coup, and it was executed the same week that the um that Credit Suisse was was forced to be bailed out. Again, another op- another moment where the Fed had to step in and provide temporary liquidity. And everybody's like, see, the Fed's going to bail everybody out. But no, they bailed out Credit Suisse. Why? Because Credit Suisse is part of the Fed's... The, yeah. the Credit Suisse <clears throat> is on the Fed's side, for lack of mm-hmm. a better term. Okay? So that's why they bailed them out. And the same thing with the SNB. Well, and, if, uh, and if Prince Charles did dissolve the government, I mean, that would change everything. It would, if, if he dissolves parliament, yeah. Holy um, crap, what a wake-up call would that move, I think they're going to move directly to a digital pound. Huh. I mean, Rishi Sunak's already floated out. I mean, he gave yeah, that, that well, back in like, what, December or January? Yeah, he gave that like, rosy moving, video. It was like, a central bank They're moving very currency. quickly towards it. I was like, talking with my patrons this morning, and one of them was, you know, tweeted out or told us, he's like, look, um, the entire alert system for uh, Britain, like the digital alert system through your phones is coming. Like emergency broad, you know, the, the emergency, like they're, they're going to do the whole fucking thing. It's all going to, they're, they're going to decapitate the, the UK sometime this year, maybe in, maybe in May around the, around the coronation, at least 
let's watch for it to happen. Okay. I, again, like, you know, did we ever get cyber polygon? You know, that uh, we were I, mean, all yeah, about? Yeah. I never thought we were going to get it. And I had God knows how many people like scream at me on my blog that I was full of shit. And I'm like, I finally had to like, you know, all right, you're blocked. I don't, I don't, I, I waste too much time with you. Um, like yeah, if anyone wants to know about Cyber Polygon, just look at Vent 201 and apply that to. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I've said from the beginning, like, if they're going to take down the, the, they're going to take down the, the global electricity network, well, then all their power goes away because all their power is, yeah. in, is in credit electronic dollars and dollar and, and claims on dollars. So no, don't don't kid yourself, folks. There, you think they you think that they would take down the global electrical grid to go after Bitcoin? Are you fucked in the head? Like, <laughs> they would not be able to control the amount of chaos that would ensue. No, like, there's no, no they, way. they think they can. They think they think chaos is an opportunity, but what they don't realize is that yeah, it is in the short run, but in the long run, it also creates. You know, it's an opportunity for other people to see them for who they are, and yeah. then make structural changes around them while they're raising the cost of doing business in their old system to the point where it, you know, it overwhelms the cost benefit analysis of staying in their old system, which is what I wrote about last week. Yes. Well, I, th I think if they want to cause chaos, they'll do it in a semi limited fashion, which is what I thought like the summer of love was in 2020. Like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, and that's what, and that's what the train derailments are about. And that's what, you know, right. You know, that's, it's what, it's what leaking out that like, who, how did we find out that Bill Gates is the largest owner of farmland in the United States? And he doesn't own all that much. No, not really. Like I, he owns like, you know, 0.04% or 0.04% of the, that's how big the amount of farmland is. I mean, the United States, like, like we have so much farmland that's being paid by the federal government, not to farm. Mm -hmm. That's more than <laughs> the amount of farmland that Bill Gates has. But God, somehow maggotards keep falling for this as it's a, as it's, yeah. this is some kind of structural plan. No, this is a psyop to get you tilting at shadows. Not to say that yeah. Bill Gates isn't a bad guy. Oh, he I is. appreciate any negative press about Bill Gates, but oh, like, of course, I, who doesn't? But like, but I think people need to like start looking higher up. Like, he's he's not. Yeah, he's like, not the, the fact that he can't go to India without being arrested on sight and thrown in a fucking hole <laughs> for mass murder, because Modi allows those has allowed physically allowed those lawsuits to go forward which is part of the reason mm -hmm. why the bricks is now spelled b-r-i-i-c-s-s -S, where the two i's are iran and india and the two s's are south africa and saudi arabia mm. which happened last week when the iranians and the saudis normalized relations so uh mm. de-dollarization mm. how I can see everything accelerating. I know a lot of people are like, you know, we're not going to go with the dollar, you know, the, the petrol dollar anytime soon. Yeah, we are. But, I'm, but, but like, but, but like, well, it all depends on, it all depends on the current rate, but things well, no, keep but picking the thing up. Is, the thing is, is it all depends on, it's all negotiation now. Yeah. It's like the, like the deal with over, over Silicon Valley Bank. It's a negotiation, but the negotiation is not happening in any one theater. Okay. It's happening and there's multiple factions negotiating. There's multiple theaters in which to negotiate. Okay. Europe is not going to give up on sending the United States and getting it involved in a two front war against two nuclear powered, what two nuclear powered uh, rivals that it can't win a war against. Okay. That it can't afford to fight. Doesn't have the manpower to fight. Doesn't have the infrastructure to fight. Has the technology to fight it. Can inflict horrific losses on the Russians and the Chinese. No doubt about that. Yeah. But, 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 you know, realistically speaking, you know, so, but being that being said, um, 
de-dollarization and the rate at which the world, the rest of the world will de-dollarize, the global south will de-dollarize, or, or the BRICS will de-dollarize, is all dependent upon whether or not the Fed wins its war against Davos. Because the Fed is already okay with pulling back is is it what the fed is doing is pulling back on global dollars to what, allow for the smooth transition to a multipolar financial world what davos mm. is fighting tooth and claw is to reimpose that entire system what is the the fed motivation what's what's driving them to make these changes they just don't want nuclear survival. war and they don't want survival it's just pure yeah. survival dude it's all survival it pure survival i mean it makes sense mm-hmm. central bank digital currency would mean the end of commercial banking Yes, so, uh, it would be the end of the Federal Reserve. I mean, eventually, current, yes. current form. I mean, the Fed is not. You know, remember, this is not. This is a much different discussion, right? When you get into that level, like the Fed mm-hmm. was put in place to back up the commercial banks, but then it was dis- destroyed in structure by FDR, who was a fucking commie, to build the system that we have today, to build the euro dollar system post World War II. That Eurodollar system was just ended by Jerome Powell in 13 months. Mm-hmm. Okay. With a five-year rollout. This is where we are. Now we have to deal with the fallout of this. We have to deal with the reorganization of capital. We got to deal with the tearing down of old political systems and re- rebuilding of new ones. We have to deal with the fact that these systems are not, that the, the systems we currently have are inadequate to contain the chaos. And yes, there's going to be people destroyed. There are going to be there's going to be some there's going to be minor contagion effects and all the rest of it. SIVB was twice as big as fucking Lehman Brothers, and they they basically curtailed the whole goddamn thing in 24 hours to tell you that it wasn't a systemically problematic thing because the markets have already been systemically ring fenced in many ways there's going to be there's going to be aftershocks there's going to be companies that can't make payroll there's going to be stuff that happens there's going to be you know there's going to be good people who get fucked here but there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a, an order of magnitude more bad people fucked or at least relative to their power base and what you'll see is a whole lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth from the we i hate the fed crowd who just want to be fucking right yeah. and not actually a- actively engaged when this was a necessary step in the path back towards at least regional community banking. Yes, right. I've heard because you say multiple- is going to, because SOFR will create that naturally and organically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've heard you say a couple times now that like as libertarians, we need to move on from Ron Paul because like, and the fed kind of had this moment. It woke yeah. a lot of people, but yep. we need to continue to learn further and realize we can't just end the fed like tomorrow like Look, I, I love ron paul to death i met him over the summer at at you know and i i, I sat next to him and had breakfast with lou rockwell like you know at this when i gave the speech over at the the, the rpi uh, uh thing on foreign policy i, I met all i like i you know I, I owe them all a debt of gratitude like they're all my fucking intellectual heroes and and they're people who i just absolutely adore but at the same time you know a lot of the, the discussion, certainly about Ron as a politician, he's not stupid. He's an incredibly smart guy and incredibly sharp even into his late 80s. Right. That he's still trying to wake a, the same group, of, the next tranche of people who aren't awake yet up. That's his part of the market. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I operate in the space that I'm awake, have done the 20 years of backstory and to get down and dirty and to, to try and figure out who these people are. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to help the people caught in the middle who are mostly awake, but still need to go to work every day and get shit done. <laughs> yeah. Right. We still need, <laughs> we need, I got 27, almost 2,700 patrons. I need to send them out into the world every day armed with good information so that they can just not be so goddamn worried about the future so that they can go to work and be focused on doing their job and raising their families and storing up their communities and doing all the work that needs to be done. Yeah. See here, this and, is where I see, well, I still, I see value of me like participating in the libertarian party of Minnesota because mm -hmm. there's a network effect here. I'm got plugged into with, I'm connected with a bunch of people who are prepared to hear this type of message if you want to go one step further and so i don't necessarily see it as a tool for actually obtaining levers of power but no messaging right that's exactly the way you should look at the lp okay right i i used to do i used to do it here in florida i was nearly state chair by the way i was one vote away from wow state wow okay fourth largest state party in in florida had i actually put it together an actual campaign i would have beat the GOP rhino who would have been running the party. I what year was this? Media. This is 2004. Okay. So the year of the platform being undermined by the rhinos, mm. the year that Justin Romando walked away from the Libertarian Party. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only good thing that came out of that was that Badnarik was the candidate and he was at least a hardcore libertarian. But he was also not acceptable as a national candidate because hell, the guy didn't even have a fucking driver's license. Um, so, but no way imaginable what I had I been state chair of Florida at that 2004 convention, I would have taken every one of those sons of bitches out on the fucking convention room floor, beaten them to a, within a fucking inch of their life, and would have taken the entire floor. I would have walked the entire Florida caucus off the goddamn floor. And Wayne Allen Root would have been would never have been a part of the the party. Bob Barr would have never run in two thousand eight. Blah, blah blah blah. The the party was destroyed in two thousand four, and I walked away from it. Yeah. So okay. that being said, at the state party level, as and my um my mentors in the in the in the LPF, the Libertarian Party of Florida, always kept saying the same thing. Tom, this is an educational organization. We don't have the money, the manpower, the the, the capital or anything else, our goal right. is to use yeah. that capital as wisely as possible to wake as many people up. That's what it's for. The The system is rigged against us. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And I, yeah. I listened it, to them. I, uh, I walked away and I gave all my money to the Mises Institute. It, last the summer, I used um, to give them, I gave, I gave them to, to them. Last well, summer, I, I, I sat at a, a table at a you know city festival, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, for, for one afternoon and i actually handed out 19 copies of economics in one lesson there you go i mean inflation a was a, inflation was a hot topic it's easy to sell people on economic during that point you know it, <laughs> i i have stood on street corners i have raised signatures i've yeah. run for public office i've done it all yeah okay. and so you know and i and i recommend anybody who can run a zero cost campaign for state house you know if you can get the signatures and get on the ballot you should do it because you'll get you know how much free media you get for being on the ballot yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's not you know, and then, and simply just and then today, it. and then today in the end, in the era of podcasting and the era of of community yes. of co communications, you can do all sorts of great work as being yeah. the guy who's running for you know as the libertarian in our district. Isn't that funny? And just you know, 
get somebody on your staff who has, you know, has publicist chops and you'll get, you'll get interviews and you'll get, you'll do work and you'll build in you know, like, it's, it's a different world than when I, even when I did it and when yeah. I did it, we spent 90% of our money just getting on the fucking ballot because none of us had two nickels to run together to pay, to pay the, you know, to pay the, 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 the signing cost. The, the, uh, the, yeah, the ballot right. access is a, is, is a sore subject for the Libertarian Party. It should be. It's, it's, it's completely but, disgusting. Our, yeah. our ballot access this situation this system was designed by the Brits to keep, you know, yeah. to keep the interlopers out and keep them in. So, hey, I, I, mean, I feel like, I mean, we're at least trying to do something here in Minnesota. Because I don't know if you've been following what's happening here in our state because we kind of get overshadowed by all the other leftist states on either coast. Right. But like what they, they banned uh, the sale of uh, internal combustion engine vehicles in the, by like what, 2035 or 2040? That's, a, that's absolutely the Davos time. Yeah. It's the same uh, thing with the EU. It's they're the closing same. coal, the, the two remaining coal plants within the next yeah. like 10 years. Like, and they're replacing with solar fields. Like the original plan to, to replace the coal it's plant okay, in my don't hometown. Worry about that. Yeah, do, you yeah. know, do you know what, what, so, do you know what Silicon Valley Bank, do you know, do you understand that the whole solar industry in the United States is going to collapse? Yeah, yeah. I just saw the SVB. TV tweet that, that, that you uh, retweeted. And I'm like, yeah. okay, like, you know what? This could be reversed in the next election cycle. Oh, yeah. This is like, that, all this stuff can be easily be reversed. Like, and, and a lot of this stuff is actually has already reversed himself on no new oil when he's going to allow the, Alaska. Allow the country to go to Alaska. So, yeah. this is all done. That, that tells you more than anything else that some Obama official is going to have to be, is going to have to be head chopped and removed. And there's already been a couple lost anyways. control of DC completely. And it, yeah. You watch for this. We're gonna see. We're gonna see something like Susan Rice or Valerie Jarrett. Not maybe them, but somebody near them, near and dear to them. Because right? they're gonna to need to spend at least some of power. Of will be will be have to forcibly step down from the head of USAID. Something like that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, people are gonna to have to have to be put on the chopping block just to build some credibility and trust back in the new regime that's going to follow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It has well, to start the, now. So I, I mean, like, and they're also going to have to build back trust in the media. So I'm interested in seeing how the media. That is not going to happen. You know, it, okay, it will so, not happen. And so what how will happen they... in the media is that the right wing dissident media will continue to rise. Rumble, mm -hmm. bitch shoot. Yep. You know, companies like Newsmax and others are going to continue to get the funding. Uh, I'm not, you know, not necessarily Newsmax. It's just the first one that pops into my head. Yeah. Um, but I know that. But I know that Chris Reddy, the CEO of Newsmax, is plugged into that whole that whole scene. Yeah. So I mean, like, you got, you, having worked Twitter. with them on and off for 10 years, I, I know, you know, I just know this stuff. Right. Um, and again, I'm an independent contractor with Newsmax. I don't like hang out with them, but I've been down there enough times. I know what's, you know, just to give you an idea of, of what I'm talking about. And that's, it's a, this is the Dave Rubin, you know, Peter McCormick, oh, like yep. all that stuff, like it's all there and it's all coming. And like, they're just going to build alternative media coming out of there. And, um, you know, that's what the whole rumble thing is about. That's what, so. um, so don't, don't sweat any locals, all that shit. It's, that's that's where this is coming from. And um, media is going to break as a monolithic thing. And YouTube is trying to hold on to whatever they can um, while getting rid of the stuff that doesn't make any money. Google is in serious, serious trouble here. Silicon Valley Bank was a major source of, you know, Google, sh you know, shenanigans. Like this is all going to go away. Every bit of it. The more I dig in, the more I hear stuff, the more people like send me shit about what was going on there. I'm like, oh, this is the, this is clearly what it was going on. So don't don't sweat. It. Okay. All right. And so the last thing I want to hit about on is 
the I guess would say if Davos is losing, their seems to be their last card to play is World War Three. Yeah, it is. And it's the last card they have that's left. What they're trying for, and it's very clear. And the Russians understand that you just keep taking the punch in the mouth, and the Iranians mm. keep saying, "Oh, okay, we'll mm. take another punch in the mouth." Man, and the Chinese will, you know, schmooze things over with the Saudis and the Turks. And, you know, the area to watch right now is Armenia, Georgia, and the Karabakh and the Azeris, because we're trying to push the Azeris into, you know, a, a new, uh, and Pashinyan, who's the, the, um, the Soros guided fucking, uh, prime minister in Armenia, who I can't believe he's still in freaking power, but, <laughs> you know, um, somehow by hook or crook, that guy was able to, to, to hold on to power like that. And that tells you, like, they're just that they're, they're trying to open the caucuses up, and the Russians are trying to pull the caucuses back. Because look, this is the last because once Georgia opens up, then the entirety of the Black Sea becomes a Russian lake. Once Erdogan, Erdogan's called for elections in May, um, early because he, you know, then that'll be fine. He'll win that most likely. Um, we're going to pour all, look with all of these things blowing up. A lot of that money that would normally flow in to think to projects like this is now going away. See, mm. this is the way you've got to look at this stuff. Yeah, like, that's interesting. I, this is, this is all, why you have to combine macroeconomic analysis with geopolitics. You can't yeah, you separate can't, the two. You can't separate them. They right. are. They yeah. are you, you're one right. of the very few guys that are doing this right now, which is why I wanted well, to have yeah, you. Yeah, and I'm hoping to train a whole new generation of you because. Oh, trust me, I'm I'm just learning right. Now. I mean, I've been following you for ever since beginning of last summer mm -hmm. and it, all that stuff is still way over my head but i'm like trying That's to okay like you know do you know do you, do you know that in 2005 when i was reading jim sinclair and he was talking about non-recourse loans and like gold financing i had no idea what the fuck he was talking about i would read zero hedge and i would read all this so i had no idea i would read articles at zero hedge that literally were like reading swahili and today <laughs> I over and i'm like oh yeah obviously so so it's like everything else. It just takes time and repetition and the ability and the desire to figure this stuff out and to play the stuff out in your head. And you guys keep doing it and you'll get better at it. So yeah. Yeah. And be flexible and not afraid, be not afraid to be wrong. Yeah. yeah, you have to get out there and be and throw shit at the wall and then have somebody who knows more than you go, no, sorry, you're wrong about that. And here's where you're right and here's where you're wrong. And go, oh, cool, thank you. Yeah, so Peter Zihan... Uh, <laughs> oh God! No, no, no you so, just want me. You just want me here. So you just want to hear no, me say I, I know this yeah. is what this is about. No, and so I was just wondering because uh, he has some 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 of his takes uh, line up a little bit with what you're saying, and so I, I was just wondering, like, what is your take on like? Have you heard his recent stuff? I imagine coming uh, that he's just recently put out about. Uh, no, I don't. About, I don't follow him on a regular basis, but I do know that last year he was saying that five million barrels of Russian oil per day were going to come off the market. And then okay. I saw the <laughs> thing the other day, like the Russians are back to one to eleven point two million mm -hmm. barrels a day production, and I'm like, what? So are they just fucking lying about that, Pete? Yeah, they comment on that. I actually added him and told him to go fuck himself in real time because I'm done. Fair <laughs> this guy, you, so, so, so you, you for CIA little amplified troll like. Fuck off. <laughs> That's fair. So more specifically about about China, because he gave like a, a ten year economic decline on China. Yeah, because they really, because Stratfor and the CIA are up are so up their own ass on demographic analysis that they can't they can't understand that the world is globalized and that you know if they if the Chinese are going to get old before they get rich, I got news for you. They said the same thing about Japan. You know what Japan did when the yen was at seventy five to the dollar? They colonized Vietnam. Hmm. Hundreds of billions of dollars flowed into Vietnam and the Ho Chi Minh City. And so Toyo or Yokohama or whomever 
were making freaking tires. They're opening up tire factories and Samsung was opening up factories in Ho Chi Minh City, leveraging all those 20 well-educated 25 to 35 year old Vietnamese, hundreds of you know, tens of millions of them. And all of a sudden, you might as well just add them to Japan's labor pool because that's who they're fucking working for. Okay. The Chinese will do the same thing. And the other thing you want to think about China, and this is something my, my partner Dexter White says all the time, the Chinese can will happily, if they need to, get into a war with us and sacrifice 100 million young Chinese men. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. So if you think China's dangerous at 1.4 billion people, just imagine a lean, mean 800 million person China where the drag on their, the quote unquote drag on their economy from demographic perspective is far lower. Like this is all very standard playbook, midwit first organ, first order analysis. And it has nothing to do with reality. The Arab world is young. The Chinese, the, the African world is young. They're putting, tens and hundreds of billions of dollars into these countries and they've opened up the transport corridors to get this to get the trade done and they've opened up the and they built the financial architecture to extricate from the old system and while we get older not i mean the, the united states has got an interesting future ahead of it i don't i'm not a, a full u.s bear like a lot of people are i think the u.s is going to go into slow decline Okay, and we're going to be having this com- same conversation when I'm 75 and y'all are in your 50s and we're still having the same conversation about the United States. And yeah, the, we're, our, our power in the world will be lower. Are we still going to be talking about lower? You know, we're going to be talking about, what are we going to be talking about? Is the dollar going to be doomed? Well, clearly it hasn't been doomed yet, but we've been having this conversation for two goddamn generations now. When's the yeah. dollar going to be doomed? Right, like, right. at what point do you just give the fuck up, Peter Schiff, and just be wrong? I was going to say, he, he was... He, <laughs> I was going to bring him up, too. I, I was not going <laughs> to... Yeah, I know. You guys just want to push all my freaking buttons. Like, <laughs> I have them already installed. And when, well, when you're talking about... Because I know where they are. Sipping for <laughs> silver and gold and all that stuff too. I mean, I'm, no, I, I love. Silver. I mean, it's good I, stuff, I love but... silver, but I love gold. Right. I like silver as an industrial metal. I um. But Schiff's a gold blog through and through, and he's also yeah. a gold salesman. So which yeah, he's a yeah, salesman. conflict, and right? so you know that, that there's that. And I, I know, always tell I mean, people you can you can learn a lot from him, but learn what you can and then move on. And then yeah, quickly <laughs> move on. Like the there's like first grade. Peter Schiff. Buy some gold, yeah, well, like get even, it in your wallet, get it in there, get it, get it, get it, get it sucked away. Build your personal savings, build real personal savings in your own central bank reserves. Yes. After that, you really think the guy's a good macro analyst? No, no. I mean, I, I, like, I met him at 2013 and, and 2014 at the New Orleans Investor Conference. I was listening to him hold court unofficially. You know, he was doing a, a, a table discussion, standing right over him, listening to him literally give the same speeches. Same talking points he was giving in 2005. I looked at my friend. I looked at the guy I had just met. Became, wound yeah. becoming, we wound up becoming fast friends. And we talked. And, and in 10 minutes of talking to each other, we both knew that we knew more than Peter Schiff did about all of this stuff. And we went and got lunch and then spent the rest of the conference together. <laughs> yeah. And never. And I, I haven't given Peter Schiff but a he was right. since then other <laughs> than to make fun of him for being a gold-only bug and for hating <laughs> and shitting on Bitcoin. That's it. Other, otherwise, I, I literally don't give the man a second thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say one thing. Like, um, I've always talked about like how, because I'm in the Libertarian Party, and a lot of people look at the Libertarian Party and think it's just like one thing. 
but it's like because I'm in it, I see all these different factions fighting against each other over oh, power oh, and whatnot. Yeah. You guys <laughs> over semicolons. Kind of... Just wait till you start <laughs> arguing over semicolons. Oh, oh, trust me. I I I want <laughs> to platform bylaws committee for a convention this year, and I'm trying oh, to get a... bastard. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm trying to get a defend the guard plank, just a simple like two sentence plank put into our platform. And oh my Three God, like like discussion once at the L at an LPF party uh, meeting yeah. over a fucking comma. Yeah. It happens. I'm dead serious. Over a fucking con. Libertarian <laughs> autism is real. <sighs> yeah, no, absolutely it absolutely real. is. Shut up, Spurg boy. It doesn't matter. Well, I hate it yeah. when someone's super autistic, but then doesn't study stuff like this. I'm like, you have yeah, the right. superpower. Use it. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. And you're worried about commas. I wish I was more autistic almost, but. Um... Like, well, I, so do I. Sometimes so do I. People, you know, I, you know I'm not. Look, They're brilliant. And, and again, I, you know, I have all of that. Like, I do. And I'm just been yeah. really practiced and overcoming it and like, i think what you have to do but what you have to do is you have to be open to allowing this side of your brain yeah your right side of your brain to yeah. tell you shit and you listen to it the problem with autistics is they are left brain dominant mm -hmm. and they are logic dominant and they are threat dominated and you have to you have to get some yeah that's true you have to get some integration of those two things and so I absolutely recommend to every libertarian autiste or every Spurg boy out there, it's time to sit down and learn how to play a musical instrument or write some fucking yeah. poetry or do some God or, or just draw play piano before or do podcast. some pottery or do some goddamn <laughs> thing to express your, and it's going to suck and it's yeah. going to suck a lot for a long time, but do it. And then, and because you have to build those, you have to build that stuff up. Like I was an artist first and everything else second. Um, I was a yeah. musician and a writer when I was in my teens. I, when I was in college, I studied, I have a degree in chemistry and a minor in English, mostly writing, mostly creative writing workshops. And then a, just, just a bear. So I was like three classes away from my English degree. So of a dual major. And that wasn't intended. It was that I took all my electives in the English department. And I looked at the I'm like, shit, I could finish my English degree. I never did. But you know, because God knows I wanted to sit through three more woke classes of, on British <laughs> literature because I couldn't take any more electives, right? Mm. Um, I had to take like core courses at that point to finish, but I could have done it. So I couldn't take any more creative writing workshops and piss everybody off by, you know, being better than them and not being woke, which was hilarious. Fascinating. Um, Fascinating imagine, I, I... Being, imagine being in the poetry <laughs> department at the University of Florida and not being woke. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And not but being one... a commie. Oh my God. It was, it, it was fun. Yeah. For very small yeah. values of fun, but I did it yeah. anyway. <laughs> but the thing I was, I was getting at too, though, is like, but you take all that competing in the party and you just think of like all the elites and it's like, you know, the exact same thing is happening up there. You know, oh, they're yeah. fighting each other. Oh, like, so, yeah. they're, well, they're fighting because they actually have capital to fight over. Libertarians <laughs> are fighting over the only capital they have, which is intellectual capital. Yeah. But yeah. The, the way, I, so the way I look yeah. at it is like the elites aren't, like one big whole like a monolith it's right. just it's a giant global scale venn diagram of overlapping interests and for you know for decades those overlapping interests were pretty close together but we're we're in an era now where those circles are diverging well i actually like to think of it brett you're right the the, the, the that's a great metaphor and i've used it many times and thank you for like like talking about it because, i mean that's the way it makes sense to me in my head i mean if right, you have a yeah, no, it absolutely does but here's the thing it's actually that they're all on vectors okay 
and they uh, and yeah. ships that pass in the night. So when you think about <laughs> yeah. it, like, so here's the neocons. They have their vector destroy Russia. Here's the here's Davos. They have their vector. We want to take over the world. And right now, they they cross. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. banking sector is going, hey, you know, for years, like, hey, yeah, let's 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 put pressure on Russia. Let's do this. Let's you know, let's do all these things that make us money. Ah. And the you know, and and then the factions on uh, on Wall Street and and in D.C. and then you know Saudi Arabia and everything, and it's all, but they're all on their own vector. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the cross happens, and then you're here. Mm-hmm. Oops. And when the cro- vector cross product is equal to zero. We got a winner when the vector cross product is not equal to zero. We have Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. <laughs> ah, that that's a deep cut on my <laughs> <laughs> Go look up Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you have any vector math in your head, which is basically a vector cross product when it equals zeros, it means the two the two vectors have a can are moving independently of each other because you can solve for x or y independently, right? Mm. Or in the case of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, position and momentum, which is basically position and velocity. Um, if they equal zero, then you can you can find the position in the x-coordinate or the y-coordinate. But when they're dependent upon each other, then you can't. And the vector cross product will not be equal to zero because there will be a functional dependency of x versus y that's left over. Could okay. be a constant well, as long as it's really constant, then but if, if there's any kind of X or Y term in the vector cross product, then it's not. Then you're talking about, you know, second order and tertiary, second order, ter- you know, you're talking about polynomial vector analysis at this point, right? So behavior. So the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, when you solve the Schrodinger equation for the Hamiltonian operator, gobbledygook, what you wind up with is the, um, for a two electron system for helium, you find out that the forces acting on each of the uh, each of the electrons doesn't bear on each other, so the electrons affect each other. So the vector cross product of their of their individual momentums and positions is equal to minus ih bar, which is minus uh, which is you know the square root of negative one times pi, times um, Boltzmann's constant divided by two pi minus ih bar. It's not zero is what's important. It means yeah. that there's there's interaction between them. So if you fix one electron in space, you pew, the other electron you don't know a goddamn thing about. You don't know okay. anything about them. So it's this is why Heisenberg's uncertainty principle says the act of the the philosophical ideas and the act of observing the system, fixing one aspect of a thing in space and time makes the other stuff unknowable. You mm-hmm. as the as the observer affect the system. And that's what we do when someone tries to surveil us or someone tries to put us in a box. We alter our behavior. Now, sometimes we alter our behavior in very predictable ways because of the law of diminishing marginal utility because of, because, because human behavior. Sure. But at the same time, the more pressure you put people under, the more aberrant their behavior. <laughs> The, so, from the more aberrant, and I mean that in a statistical sense, they get away from one standard deviation from the norm behavior. They start taking two sigma, three sigma, four sigma, six sigma risks with their money, with their time, with their with their with, with their family, with their this, with their capital. That's what they do, and that's why Davos will lose. Yeah, I don't, it's like they're trying to hurt. Like, what's the global population right now? 
That, that, that's Seven that, and a half billion people, and they're trying yeah. to stop the next billion from hitting the planet. Like, like that's that that many cats they're trying to herd. Like it's. And well, it's worse than that. They want to get us back down to five hundred billion to a, a right. five hundred million to a billion people. I guess they're because they're insane. Yeah. Right. And and so like I, I don't that's think the system because that's the size of the system that their system that they want to have. Right. Can oh, yeah. They are. They already believe that that's the biggest system they can manage, which is why Thanos rhymes with Davos from the Marvel movies. Hmm. Yeah. If you if you right. want to. Going to an I, I already, I already, I've already given all these rants. Go read the blog. Already, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this is like, just the, a summary the, of like the last six months worth of worth of blog posts. It's uh, Hollywood's another uh, <laughs> fucking rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, I, I and I, to, and I, is... unfortunately, Brett, if you want me to fulfill my obligations to write a newsletter this month, I have to get going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, this morning, I was supposed to write the newsletter before I or start writing the newsletter before I got started, and then you know. The world blew up, so then I had to do three hours worth of prep. <laughs> right, yeah, so now yeah, I have we, to we literally start like taping out that article, and that, and you know, as a as a subscriber, that that lead article is anywhere from twenty six hundred to three thousand words. Yeah, very good stuff too. I highly recommend anybody listening uh, to subscribe to his Patreon uh, and to uh, give get a, the content that he gives. So I'll give a quick farewell and let you know that we're going to be putting links in the the chat and stuff. And uh, I'm very excited very excited to have you on i think brett told me about you like two weeks ago so I, this is all very new to me yeah um, no I, I and that's cool and i'm glad and i'm glad we had a good time i'm glad you know i'm glad we had a good talk and and, and the other thing is is that you know guys don't be afraid to push back i'm i'm more than willing to to ex i'm always willing to explore it even if i don't agree with you like right. i'm capable yeah. like like all good i remember i'm a trained scientist right i did i didn't just get a degree in chemistry i operated as a chemist for 20 years do, wait do, i have one question scientist, I, wanna, artist. I wanna know do you believe in science or do you believe <laughs> or do you actually employ the scientific method <laughs> oh yeah no I'm I, sorry. do i trust I, all I do i trust all you. science or do i but i i well, yeah I'm i don't, really I don't try mean to, to insult you <laughs> no 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 dude you're like it, this is this is funny no you're no, it's all good um i live by one adage and that is that every uh, and every good, honest, intellectually rigorous scientist lives under the same adage, which is that the more you know, the more you know you don't know a goddamn thing. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. So every day, 100%. all information is fractal, and all you're doing is uncovering the next thing to go learn. The more. And, the the more questions I get, I answer myself. The more questions I end up finding, like it's right, and that's the way, and that's what uh, that's what someone who's honest and you know and is intellectually honest. Now, I'm not saying that I'm intellectually honest 100, you know, 24 seven, 365. Come on, dude. Like at the end of the day, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta work for. If I did, I would wind up becoming a, a character in a Borges short story for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm chasing my fucking tail all day. I, I've got perfect memory, and I don't know, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm stuck on the garden of forking paths, but. Um, uh, you know, what you do, you know, is you just remain open-minded and open-hearted. And, you know, when someone's got an honest question, you treat them honestly. When they've got a, when they have a dishonest question, you give them fucking both barrels and tell them to go fuck themselves. Like, it's not that hard. And that's my, you know, like I have time for you. If you treat me with respect, if you don't treat me with respect, Oh, fuck a whole lot of you. Yeah. And that's that. I, then I give zero fucks. You get lambasted publicly on freaking Twitter. And, but it never happens in one of these because, mm. you know, I make it very clear where my, where my boundaries are. Usually coming into friendly territory. So it's not a big deal, but if I, I haven't been, I haven't come into very many hostile situations yet. And even when I have people on my podcast who don't share my worldview, the best thing I try to do is like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. You can disagree with me if you want. 
And, you know, and then we may have an uncomfortable conversation because, you know, you think I'm out to lunch. That's cool. I'll cut it off early and we'll go on with our lives. It's not a big deal, but it's not to say that I, you know, I'm trying to make you look bad. That's right? why I can't right. stand debates anymore. I just rather have a debates conversation. Debates are just useless. Yeah. It's just yeah, useless. That's, Absolutely yeah. just useless. Like I, I go back and listen to the podcast I did with Peter Bookbar um, beginning of last year about, you know, I was trying to give him the early version of my thesis about what I think the Fed's doing with raising rates. And you can see an old school, you know, Austro-Libertarian gold, gold guy just not get it. And when mm-hmm. I knew we were, I was in trouble in that podcast, when he said, I don't think the Fed gets up at all uh, in the morning and thinks of what's going on and uh, cares one whit what's happening in the European markets or at the ECB. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't agree, but let's okay, tell me why. And then he proceeded right. to tell me why. And I proceeded after 40 minutes to cut the conversation off and never speak to him again. I'm like, I, no, no offense, dude, you can believe that, but I yeah. told you what was going to happen next. It's cool. So, it's all good. Yeah. So, so uh, be sure to like the video, subscribe, um, and then we'll put links so more people can be as smart as Brett and join uh, his <laughs> Patreon. Appreciate it. And uh, that should be all. You guys uh, see you on the other side. Thank you.